0: Listener Production. Right, here we go. Welcome along to a very different version of the Howie Games. We come to you from Kolkata. What are we seeing here in Kolkata? Been privileged enough to be at the IPL for the last two and a half weeks and a lot of people have been in touch through social media, etc., saying we want to hear about the IPL. So thought it was a good opportunity to put out what it is really like behind the scenes, but I obviously can't interview myself. So we've had to call for the number one man in Australia. This man, he uh, hosts football, he commentates football, cricket, tennis, the works. He's done it all in the world of sport. He also hosts the Willow Talk podcast and if you're into cricket you need to be listening to that show. I like to call him the guru. His name is Adam Peacock. He's a long-term mate and we're pumped he's helping us out on the show. G'day mate, how are you?
1: Howie, I'm honoured firstly to be here. A lot of people are honoured to be on your Howie Games podcast and this is a Willow Talk co-production but uh, mate, I feel like I've been asked by Michael Parkinson to sit down and ask a few questions, but really it's more like Joel Parkinson. I think you'd take that comparison a bit better as well. But, mate, it, it's great to be here and, and thanks for having me along.
0: Well, mate, um, it, it's, it's been an incredible experience. Um, I'm sitting in Kolkata now. I'm flying back by Singapore tonight. I, I'll explain facts and figures and behind the scenes and what goes on, but just to give you a snapshot, Last night, I was at Eden Gardens here in Kolkata, which is where Alan Border famously lifted the 1987
1: World Cup. To be shared by 90,000 spectators at Eden Gardens, Kolkata, and take your first World Cup, that is Australia's joy and England's misery. Well, not just misery is the right word, because this match has been played in tremendous
0: spirit. So last night in Kolkata, uh, Eden Gardens, there were 65,000 people here. Every single person in purple for the home side, the Kolkata Knight Riders, they have seven home games, mate. I've got to go numbers with you. There's yeah. seven home games for the season, of which seven are sold out with 65,000 people. And and it's not an Australian crowd where the noise rises to the crescendo when the big moments happen. The noise is there the whole time. <laughs> Didn't get it out of the middle of the bat. Getting away past the practice wickets, though. He's away. Did a um, game here in Kolkata a week ago, and there was 45 minutes of rain, and the crowd was still going off like it was the last two minutes of the grand final. But last night, um, big Andre Russell came in, hit three sixes off the second last over, and they came to needing four off the final ball. young bloke called Rinku Singh, who a lot of people wouldn't have heard of that are listening to this, but he hit five sixes in five balls to win a previous game. So he's gone from being an unknown to a known everywhere in Kolkata. He needed two off the final ball. He hit a four. Two to win. One for Super Over. Arch deep to Rinku Singh. It's four. The crowd was like... Remember when, as you would, when Aloisi scored that famous goal to put mm. us into the World Cup? It, it, was the, it was the crowd at that level for a home and away game. And this morning, I went for a walk. Everyone wants to talk to you about Rinku Singh. At breakfast, all, all the service staff are talking about Rinku Singh. The front of the hotel, they're like, did you see Rinku Singh? So th- these guys go from unknowns... To some of the most famous faces in India in the space of a couple of cricket games, it was, it was for someone that's covered a lot of T Twenty cricket, mate. It was the best atmosphere I've ever seen at a cricket game. It's it's incredible.
1: What a way to go out. So yeah, that, I, I'm sitting back here in Australia, and obviously the time zone means that a lot of the big stuff happens when shut eye is had. But you wake up in the morning, you see the scores, yeah. you see the highlights, and and even then you hear it jumping through the screen, the atmosphere which I know having been to a few things like yourself and a lot of the listeners as well, it's one thing to hear it on the TV. It's another thing to feel it when you're in the ground. So when, when you're in that ground and and I don't know, what's it like two hours before the start of play, an hour before the start of play? Is there this kind of sense of occasion about every single match? Because Hads on Willow Talk says every single match is an event. It's not just a game of cricket. It's an event. Is that what it feels like?
0: It feels like an AFL preliminary final. I'll take it back to a, a, an AFL audience or an NRL preliminary final, which they're, they're always the best games because the corporate. Attendance is not so great. It's the true supporter base. It is like that every single game. There's 70-odd games and you walk into game 53 between the Kolkata Knight Riders and Kings Eleven, and it is like a preliminary final. I was doing the pitch report yesterday with the great man out of Zimbabwe and South Africa, Pomi Mbangwa, and you need two earpieces in an hour before the game because you can't hear what each other are saying. So it, it is, mate, it is... Phenomenal! It's mind-blowing, and the obsession and the passion is something I haven't seen here. I've been fortunate enough to see football in South America, and that's the most passionate fans I've seen. Oh, mate, that's like your c grade in Barwon Heads crowd compared to what happens here. It's it's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Mind you, there was River Plate Boca Juniors the other day, and I think there was seven red cards or something like that (laughs) in that game. So it was along those lines, that particular match, the Super Classico. But, yeah, just, just... Take us through the logistics of, of you, a part of the media, and you see it a little bit with the players as well. So the, the fans are one thing, and, and India is this fascinating place at the moment given the fact that it's just, I think it's just surpassed China for population. It has. It's got this middle class which is just out of control. Um, is, is that the kind of clientele that's inside the grounds? It's, it's, it's not too expensive to go, but there's a premium on tickets? Is that...?
0: Yeah, it's a good summation, mate. I, I'd only been to India for the 2010 Commonwealth Games, um, and only were in, was in Delhi. So here I've been to uh, Kolkata, Jaipur, Mahali, Ahmedabad. Um, I'm probably missing a couple out there because I've been on a lot of planes. It's a completely different country, completely different. It is being modernised at the blink of an eye. Um, I, so I've asked the question about what it costs to get into an IPL game and I think it ranges anywhere from 20 bucks to $2,000, um, I'm talking US dollars now mm. for for your for your corporate tickets, um, but it's it's a fascinating country because you, you can walk out the streets here in Kolkata, which I've loved doing, and there are people that are doing it tough, that can it's it can be confronting. But then on the flip side of that, mate, every airport I have been to has been built in the last two years. It's brand new. And hello to our airlines at home. I must have been on, I don't know, 16, 18 flights. I have not had a flight that has been delayed yet. It is the most smooth, efficient operation. In fact, yesterday, arriving here in Kolkata, I was messaging Tommy because I thought, I'm going to miss the buffet breakfast, which is just about the highlight of the day. The plane was half an hour early mate so I made it for breakfast so hello to our wonderful airline staff at home you are getting left for dead in what is happening in this country so it is it is it is it's still got that side that opens your eyes but with the population and the speed things are being built is incredible but mate what I wanted to talk to you about just to try and set the scene and this should probably interest you as much as anyone about the broadcast and the money that is involved in IPL cricket—you would have been hearing all these discussions about franchise cricket taking over from Test cricket, yeah?
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's so that's I, the topic, I, and I, I think it's going to happen very soon. But yeah, go on. Sorry, well,
0: I've been listening. I've been listening to that, and I thought, no, that that that's not going to happen. After seeing what happens here and the way the players are treated, local and international, by their franchises, uh, mate, it's a matter of time. It is a matter of time. I'm not normally a facts and figures man, but I thought it best to try and explain to you the size of what is going on over here, just in relation to what he's being paid for the TV rights, etc. It's mind-boggling how it's grown. So these figures, I've had to convert them from... uh, Indian currency through American dollars to Australian dollars and this is from talking to people reading about stuff so they might not be 100% accurate but this will give you a, an idea of what's happening so when the IPL first started the first TV rights deal was in the region I'll talk Australian dollars for you about 2.3 billion over 10 years that got quickly adjusted when they realized how valuable a product it was apparently but it's basically <laughs> 230 million dollars a year the TV companies paid for the IPL. The next five year deal went up to 3.5 billion Australian dollars, so that's for five years, so it's gone from 230 million a year to now 700 million a year, and then the most recent deal which is the big puppy, that went for a huge total of around um, Australian dollars, about 9 billion for five years, so now we're up to 1.8 8 billion a year so we've gone from 230 to 700 mil a year to 1.8 billion a year but it's due to the size and the scale of the number of people watching and for people that watch KO here and everyone streaming the the interesting thing about this deal mate Mm. was it was split into two components so there was a streaming deal for the first time and the streaming actually went for slightly more than the actual TV rights deal. So in the total of nine billion, it was just slightly more the streaming component rather than the TV component. That's how many people in this part of the world are watching it on devices. And then talking to people about how the telecommunications work. So your average uh, data package, you get about—I'm um, getting technical here, but it'll it'll make sense. You get about two point five gig a day on your plan, and your <laughs> plan might be six or seven bucks a month. That's <laughs> it. And if you sign up to Geo, who owns the rights to the IPL, you can watch the IPL for free on your phone. You don't actually have to pay for it because they're trying to get people to the platform. So the numbers are absolutely staggering that the amount of people that are streaming an IPL game, and when I said people are paying more for the streaming rights, it's still an enormous amount for, for Star to broadcast the rights. They're still up at you know 4.5 billion. But to get Star in India, it's... I think somewhere in the region, to watch all the sports you want, it's somewhere in the region of about 20 bucks a year, what? not a month, a year. But because of the number of people that get it, like you, you ask how many people have got star in their homes, no one can answer you because the number is so, so enormous. And then when you compare it to to other world sports, across the streaming and the TV rights, they're paying about $20 million a game in TV rights. So each game is the value of about $20 million. Australia, which is second only to the NFL. So it is absolutely extraordinary what is going on.
1: That's that's where I think the reason why they want to then just multiply that and have about four of these around the world with franchise cricket tied to these, these franchises. Because if you can do it once inside India and then do that another four times a year. The NFL are really strict with their rights because they just say, no, it was a huge thing that they added a game to their season recently. It was like everyone's head was exploding. Oh, we're going to make the schedule bigger to 18 games. It's like, well, that's comparatively for football. That's that's like hardly any. But the the less is more approach of the IPL, that's great in that window that it's in. But if you multiply that three times, what do you reckon is going to happen it's just going to spin money out of control in every which way so players broadcasters everyone kind of benefits in the way big based on the fact do you think as well based on the fact that india has so many damn consumers that want can't get enough of this stuff
0: so when it started the ipl back in 2007 2008 the the, the original franchise was the mumbai indians they've won it five times they're one of the, the the big big teams in the competition the owners of that private owners Paid about 190 million Australian. And after 10 years of the total payment of 190 million, after 10 years, they own the franchise. And people are like, 190 million for a cricket team in a comp that hasn't even started, no one's heard of? People are saying they've paid way too much. So there's two more teams come in recently Lucknow and Gujarat. So Lucknow, so Mumbai was bought for 190 mil. You got it after 10 years. Lucknow was bought for 1.4 bill. What? Over your 10 years to own your team. So it's gone up. What's that? It's gone up six times in value in the period. So the money is absolutely incredible.
1: The stuff that I'm really fascinated by, I remember when India came out here a couple of years ago for that amazing series that they basically beat Australia with their B team and included was Mohamed Siraj. And you you do a bit of back digging about, as you would as well, about his backstory. He came from nothing, like a village with nothing. And then all of a sudden he finds his way and he ends up in the, the the first 11 of the India Test team, but more importantly, probably financially for him, playing IPL cricket. The life-changing moment when these guys get even a minimum contract and what it means to somebody like your man Rinku, who I don't know what he's worth now, but I, I don't know where he came from. But if he came from an impoverished background, I think the whole village is looked after. They're, they're the stories that really resonate and there'd be a few of those bouncing around as well, Howie.
0: Well, the best story going around. So, so, the 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 most impressive young cricketer I've seen. You know, they they, they as they do in mm. as we do. He's the next Kohli. He's the next Tendulkar. Um, no, no tag to deal with there. Is is a kid, a young kid that plays for Rajasthan, which has worn his team, and his name is Jaiswal. Most people won't have heard of him. This bloke is unbelievable. He is just coming out from ball one and smacking the ball left, right, and centre. He's only a kid. And this is the type of story you're talking about, and that's how it can just—you can go from nothing to being on every advertisement you see on TV, which is the path this young man's heading down on the basis of IPL cricket alone by itself at the moment. So he grew up; his dad owned a small hardware shop. At age ten, he moved from the country to Mumbai to pursue his cricket dream, and they say he got a job in like in a little local dairy, um, getting paid. Very little. But because of his cricket commitments, he got the flick from the job because he wasn't turning up enough. And he lived with the groundskeepers in a tent for three years, this kid. For three years. And he was selling street food, this like little uh, sweet street food called Panapuri, it's called. He's selling this, living in a tent, doing his cricket training. He gets discovered. Now, there's not a person in India that you mentioned now has the largest population on the planet that would not know who this kid is and that's that's where you go from nothing to everything in literally the blink of an eye. It's, it's amazing. How you deal with that, I don't know.
1: Hey, wherever you go, who's everywhere? Like who, who's the most utilised when it comes to marketing products from the cricket world over there?
0: The most popular cricketer here I, I presumed would be Coley it's not, it's MS Dhoni. So he is, and again, he's come from a humble background. He's a country operator. So his team is CSK Chennai. When they play at home, uh, I didn't have the pleasure of doing one of their games. Everyone says that's the game you need to do. They, they played in here in Kolkata last week and there was um, more yellow flags. So even the local supporters then start supporting Dhoni. So he, he's as, he's as big as it gets. Um, what, and why? then Virat's very popular because he's relatable, because people feel that he has always kept his feet on the ground, that he's still relatable, that he grew from humble backgrounds. So from a country that's growing quickly um, where a lot of people come from not much, they can relate to him. They can see part of themselves in Dhoni, but it's not, it's a great question, mate. I, I, I need to try and explain to you how big these these guys are, which is, I still haven't got my head around it. So when you're when you're sitting in the hotel watching a game you're not doing, I'm not talking the occasional ad. I'm talking every ad has got a cricketer on it. Whether it's Sunny Gavaskar or Rohit Sharma or Hardik Pandya or MS Don't like every ad you can be advertising Tic Tacs or cars is an Indian <laughs> cricketer on it. So, um, how, how what's the best way to explain this to you? So i stayed in a couple of hotels where the team has been. Hmm. People, six months in advance, when the calendar comes out, book into the hotel to stay the night that the team is there in the off chance they can end up in a lift with Virat Kohli. Like that, that's the preparation that goes into it. They're, these guys, they can't go anywhere or do anything. Um, the, the hotel I stayed at that Virat was in, um, I knew something was different when I got out on my floor and there was a guy with a submachine gun outside <laughs> the lift <laughs> and I thought, well, this bloke's not here for me. Like I, like, he's not here to look after me. And I, I was in the gym by myself. So Virat Kohli walks into the gym and there was, there was one other person in there and his big security walks in and, and locks the door and I've done my five-minute workout work out of lifting up wet towels, et cetera, and I'm pretty much done in there. And, and I go to leave and he wouldn't let me leave. And I'm like, but, mate, I need to get out. He said, no, no, the doors are locked when Virat's here. And I said, yeah, but that's to stop people getting, you know, I want to get out. So eventually they let me out. But, uh, like, talking to people, which I've done a lot of, can these people go, can, can Virat Kohler go out for dinner? No. He can't go out for dinner. He can't go out socially. He came in at breakfast one morning. He's got like eight people around him. He had his wife and his little daughter there. Uh, it, it's like when the team bus leaves the hotel. It, 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 it's like it's like Elvis is leaving the building. Yeah. It's it's a whole another level of fascination that I've told you stories, but I don't think I've still captured how big these guys are. Dave Warner wanted to go last week on a shopping expedition. He has to go. It's like it's a military operation. There's army dudes taking him with a street patrol to the mall and then he goes in the shop and they close the whole shop because everyone just wants one picture, one picture, but when there's however many billion people here, that's a lot of pictures, Guru.
1: It is. And I'll get to a moment that you put up on, actually on social media with your man Finchie in mm. a moment. Uh, Aaron Finch is over there with you. But just quickly, back to the gym. Yep. So did you didn't do any supersets with Virat? No. You, you no. kind of didn't see each other or <laughs> like, like he the, went the, to the sauna and you walked out?
0: I just smiled at him and let him do his thing because you don't they, – they are that harried and hunted, for want of a better term – that unless someone comes up to you and says hello, I feel awkward because they have so little mm. time to themselves that they they're, they're living in a beautiful hotel, but in a way, it's it's not a prison. That's not the right way to describe it. But they can't leave the hotel. Like I've talked to Maxie about this, um, mm. and he's like, "No, mate. He's like, oh, I've seen you out and about. You know how is it?" I said, "It's unbelievable." He said, oh, "I wish I could do that, but..." they can't leave the hotel. Joe Root was telling me he went for a walk in Mumbai to the famous cricket area with Matty Weiss, a mate of ours, and Vornie last week. And he said, we got there and it was okay. And then one person recognised me and bang, she's straight back to the hotel because of the fascination. If you're a cricketer here, I was at the airport the other day hmm. and a, a, a former cricketer by the name of Rod Tucker played shield cricket for Tassie. He's an umpire. Hmm. In the space of 40 minutes waiting for the flight... Oh, Rodney Tucker would have had 45 selfies. He's an it? Oh, umpire. no. That, that's, how, that's how big they're into that's it, That's out mate. of control. <laughs> it is. You it's met, unbelievable. You
1: Razor Ray or up in uh, NRL territory, oh. Bill Harrigan doing that. You, you can, actually. Um, with Finchie, when you went out with him the other night. So you've got yep. – are we'll get into the commentary side of things and I'm fascinated to know what it's like. When you the logistics around commentary and and details around that, but you you went out for Finchy the other night. <laughs> you posted this picture, and he, he he had the look of thunder on his face. But he he was trying to be nice to the locals, who just wanted to say hello to him. Was that the the yarn? That was in the hotel. So that's in the hotel. That's not a, out and
0: about at a restaurant. Um, and you come back from the game with these guys, whether it's whether it's Finchy or. Like, Mister um, Gavaskar, Sano Gavaskar, he's just loved here. Um, Ian Bishop, like, there's queues of people waiting to talk to them, see them. So Finchie, he's such a nice fellow. He was good, like, constantly. It, it, constantly, there's a parade of people coming past. And because and Finchie's got to go to the buffet, there's an opportunity to access him. And he's trying to get his buttered chicken on the plate and there's person after person asking for a selfie and he's the most polite lovely country bloke but he has an approach where he says uh oh, listen I'm just having my dinner if you don't mind can you wait till after dinner but but that's that's 15 times just while the entrees there and then a, a little kid come up this cute little 6 or 7 year old and no one can say no to a little fella so is like yep okay I'll, uh, no worries, mate. We'll get a photo, and he smiled. But that opened the floodgates because everyone else that was wanting to get a picture with Finchie then thought, right, it's game on. So he he was doing it through gritted teeth a little bit, but it's but you know the, the, these it's just another level of absolute rock stardom. I presume it's like being. Ronaldo in Brazil mm. or Messi in right. Argentina. I don't overstate that, mate. I think I think that must be what it's like.
1: Throw your Tennessee. modesty out the window for a second. Is how he had any uh, fan moments and and things like that. Or it, are you like I was on the soccer? It was always someone come up to you and said, "Oh, where's Tara? Or where's Mel? <laughs> or where's Bozza? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett Lee told me
0: he said, "Oh, people will recognise you because, especially because you've commentated a couple of." Um, India Test Series um, and you've done The Big Bash and they love The Big Bash in India. So it it threw me at first because you, you're, you're on the other mm. side of the world, you don't know anyone and when you're out and about people are coming up and they know your name, they use your nickname and it's quite bizarre when you're in Jaipur in northern India and you're a country bloke from Victoria and people are coming up and interested in what you do and Brett told me a very similar story, and it, it was in a, I won't name the hotel, it was a beautiful hotel, and a chap came up and said, I've got your room service. I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, that I haven't got any room service. He's like, oh, it must be a mistake. Can I have a selfie? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem, which mm. is flattering. At my level, it's flattering. It's not like Finchie where people are chasing him down the street. Two minutes later, another chap comes up and he had, he had, flowers i think and he said i've got your flowers to your room i said no i didn't order. can i please have a selfie three minutes later another knock on the door i'm like oh what's this another guy comes up he's got some water he said oh he's your i didn't order any water no but can i have a selfie so it's it it's flattering and the you work in sports broadcasting mate um I can call an AFL game and get some positive feedback, but you get some AFL fans who are pretty keen to give you, um, you know, who have you got photos that you're commentating on the football or you're the worst football commentator I've heard or I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Um, yeah, but sorry here- about that,
1: sending those in, yeah, I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> But here in India, the, the, the adjectives they use, sir, please stay in our beautiful yeah. country, your voice resonates through my bones and, like, and, and you read it and it's, it's, it's flattering. Um, and it's a touch overwhelming, so I can't imagine what it's like to be a cricketer. But the love they have shown me in this country, regardless of what you do, the way you are treated, looked after in hotels, it's it's incredible their their level of hospitality here. It's blown me away, mate. Hmm. And, mate, I've talked about how well you are looked after and how you're embraced. Like, The number of people on this operation flying left, right and centre, it always amazes me. You get off at the airport and you walk straight out the front and there's a guy with your name on a sign to take you straight to the hotel. Every time you get there, you think there's not going to be someone there. So whoever's organising logistics, a chap called Deep, is actually unbelievable. And because of the rock stars that you're working with, because you're with Mr. Gavaskar or Matty Hayden or Finchie, because they are mobbed, I think, it took me a while to twig because every time i get on a plane, the plane would be absolutely chockers, but there'd be no one sitting next to me. And I was asking someone about this and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, look at your ticket. And and it does, it has 2A and 2B. So they book you two seats so you never have anyone sitting next to you. So it can be the fullest plane and not for me, but for for these, you know, for Harsha who would get mobbed. He never has anyone sitting next to him. So you get on every plane. There's no one sitting next to you. So the logistics and the way you are treated here, mm, something you could get used to, I reckon.
1: One last one um, about yourself though. Uh, has anyone gone to the lengths of going up to you and say, "Could you please sign my Howie Games T-shirt"? Or <laughs>
0: no, and I've missed an opportunity <laughs> that I needed to bring. 500,000 Howie Games hats and just distribute them and, mate, I would have never worked another day in <laughs> my life. If, if, I Like, if I could get MS Dhoni on the Howie Games and put my feet up, that would be it because it would just get, you know, 800 million downloads and that would be it, be job done, absolute job done.
1: Take us through the commentary. So you, you got your roster uh, before you left, and you dropped some names before the the people that you're you're calling with as well um, about. How, how you have to fit everything in into a broadcast because there's a lot of <laughs> i know when when rights are highly paid for the uh, the backside of that is that you have to fit as many sponsors in the the thing as well so is it different to what you do with fox cricket to what you're doing with what's called the world feed over there which is essentially a bcci production and anyone in the world who takes their rights can take this commentary as well
0: Well, today's podcast comes to you by Tiago EV, the number one electric vehicle here in (laughs) India, and you could possibly get the Cola player of the day. So if you continue to perform well. Like, mate, the presentation at the end, like the game's run so long. Like the game starts at 7.30. We finished at midnight last night, so that's a a four-and-a-half-hour T20 game. They were designed to go for three hours. The last half hour is Harsha down on the boundary handing out a bevy. Of awards, like if you come away from a game of IPL cricket and don't win an award, <laughs> you've had a pretty average night, to be fair. But mate, your, your question, to, I'll take your, I'll take you right back, and I'll try and explain to you um, the challenges involved when when you walk into an area that you're not familiar with. So, you, I was here for I think eight, eight or nine games. So you you get a roster, and before I say this, the production staff on this whole event and the the man that's taken charge with Gary Burchett, all the directors, the producers, the statisticians, the DAs, I I have never felt so welcome at an event, which which is, I can't thank those people enough because you are coming in off the street from the other side of the world, being privileged to commentate on a different country's tournament. For them to make you feel as welcome as they did, certainly helped, but mate, you come, you get your roster. All it says, so we get our Fox cricket roster, it'll say January 21, Gilly, Junior, Hussy, Thunder Stars. Whereas here you get um, March 19, Ahmedabad, Kolkata versus Gujarat, and just has your name next to it. So you don't know in advance who you're commentating with. So, so the, obviously the first challenge you have, mate, is you haven't, been familiar with 80% of the players on the park. So the amount of time required to get background information on these guys is a lot. Like You have to do a lot of research and then I would always consult with whoever was the Hindi speaker in the box as to how to get the pronunciations right because you don't want to be invited into someone else's tournament and start butchering people's names. Like It's no. disrespectful. Um, and, and when there's the size of the audience I'll talk about the audience later you want to make sure you get it right so the first thing is you've got to familiarize yourself with the players but when a high ball goes up in the air and you've never seen a bloke play before and he's got sunglasses and a hat on you're relying on help around you from the statistician etc to help you out who's taking the catch so the first thing you need to get your head around mate is the players the second thing is you've never been to the ground before Uh, you've never worked with a director or the producer or the DA before, so you have no relationship with them. And most importantly, mate, you would understand half the time you've never met your fellow commentators until you step into the box. So Rohan Gavaskar, you've never met before. Mr Gavaskar, Sonny Gavaskar, you've never met before. Sanjay Mandraka, you've never met before. Um, So as you know, mate, our role is to try and get the best out of your special comments person And you're floundering in the dark at the start because you don't know what they like to be asked, what they don't like to be asked, what pushes their buttons, what gets the best best out of them. And then because of the content advertising wise, like there's an ad for everything. So someone hits a four, you've got to start learning in your head it's a rupee on the go Mm -hmm. four or that it's a you know, a carter-cola moment of the match or the Herbalife catch of the night. (laughs) Uh, So there there is that many things coming at you at the start in the first few games. It's slightly overwhelming, but when the ball's bowled and it's hit to the fence, that's the easy Mm -hmm. part. It's all the rest around it um, that can get pretty complex.
1: Did he catch up with Rohit Sharma?
0: Uh, I did catch up with Rohit. Um, I, I thanked him for recommending me to being involved. Um, Tell the story. Well, yeah, there, there, was, there was a story that came back to me that that one of India's great cricketers had recommended I'd be involved in some of the T20 cricket he was playing in, which was very, very kind of him. Um he looked a little bit nonplussed when I said thank you. So whether the story was actually true or not, I don't know, but I'm going with it, Guru. I'm going with it. Um, so I, I, I did, I did, I did thank him. Um, but they, yeah, the, the broadcast is, to give you an idea of the, the scale of what you're doing now, um, so each game is broadcast around the world, obviously, typically in English on the world feed. So whether you're in Fox Cricket in Australia or SuperSport in South Africa, where people are understanding how it works, or Sky in England, you might have dressing around the game. You might have some hosts beforehand, but if you're listening in English, you are listening to the commentary that I was involved in. But in India, one IPL game can be put out in up to 13 languages. So so get, get your head around that. So There might be a couple of commentary boxes at the ground and then a lot is being done in studio because Harsha is a wonderful man and I I spent as much time with him as I could picking his brain about his country and why does this happen and how does this work and how is this connected? And he was explaining to me in some ways that India is a country but it's a series of differentiated states where culture, custom, food is all very different and language is part of that. So if, if there's if there's 120 140 million 160 million people watching an IPL game the majority here are actually watching the hindi broadcast so the english if it makes up 15% of it you, you know you've still got 30 million people watching but can you get your head around that, mate? That there can be twelve, thirteen, fourteen language broadcasts of the same game. I find that extraordinary. Well,
1: I feel whoever the technical department is at the head of it oh, and organising all that must be some kind of king. So that that is extraordinary in itself. But the the fact that you're calling a match, or a game, and it's you're being listened to by more people than who live in Australia is quite extraordinary. In itself, do you feel that though? Does that seep into how everyone's operating, or because it's you're getting, it's a bit like the team itself and the players. You get yourself into a bit of a vacuum that you don't really realise the not the enormity of what you're doing or the scale of what you're doing because you're just trying to concentrate on. It's no really, it's no different to calling a Marsh Cup game at North Sydney Oval. It's the same game, but it's just on a bit of a different scale.
0: It's a great question, mate, and I think the best approach is to take it like a Marsh Cup game that has a little bit more importance than a Marsh Cup because if you start thinking there's 25 million people watching and it's coming down to the final ball and you think if I stuff this up, <laughs> it's <laughs> not going to be good. Like, it could weigh on you. So you tend not to think about that. But you're, you're helped by your fellow commentary team. Um, I, it's, it's brekkie. I've just had brekkie here now um, and I had breakfast with Rohan Gavaskar, Danny Morrison... Tommy Mbangwa and Samuel Badry, and alongside Ian Bishop and Harsha um, and so many more people, these guys basically that's what they do. They are freelancers that travel the world commentating cricket and they know each other like family because they've been away. These guys spent two years in an IPL bubble together. They were just telling me about where... You, they were only allowed to stay in the hotel. So they'd say we had breakfast for two and a half hours together before the game because there was nothing else, there was no other form of human interaction. So it's like you're stepping into someone's family because these these guys and girls, they've shared births on the road when they've been away or birthdays or a family bereavement or when they're doing it tough a little bit mentally when they're missing home. So you're stepping into... A most beautiful family, and when they open their arms and welcome you into that group, um, it's it makes you feel really good because you you are a long way from home and you can miss your family. Um, and there's madness going on around you to be able to sit with at breakfast and and just listen to some of these guys cricket stories. You know, Rohan Gavaskar growing up the son of Sunny or. Um, Sam Badry's talking about his World Cups that he's won or Pommy and Mbunga's telling you about what it's like growing up in Southern Africa or Danny Morrison about playing with Martin Crow and what it was like when he lost him. It's, yeah, it's really nice that these people let you into their community and, and take you under their wing because you do need to be taken under the wing or you'll get things wrong.
1: Got a few questions about the players. Firstly, that there's a, a healthy uh, representation of Australian players over there I don't know how much interaction you've had with any of them but how are they viewed given that Australia and India there's a pretty hot rivalry um it, it's not nasty in any way like it, it once could have been or maybe described as but it's it's all very friendly but it's a rivalry all the same how are the Australians treated over there
0: well, that's who you have the most interaction with because you go out on the ground to have a look at the pitch and stuff beforehand and you naturally go and speak to your countrymen or they'll come and speak to you, whether, it, you know, it's Matty Wade or Marcus Stoinis or Nathan Ellis last night or or, or Cam Green, they, they are treated, you know, talk, talking to Finchie about this, that they are treated spectacularly. So Aaron was explaining to me if people are constantly coming up to you, mm. how's your time here? Can we do anything for you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm missing my family. Sir... Tell us when and when you want them here. We will organise it. We'll send you all the details. That, that he said you you're just treated like you're a part of the family.
1: Hmm.
0: So mate, yeah, there's no animosity. They are they are part of the part of the team. Like Andre Russell's played for ten years for Kolkata. I, I think he has as much love for Kolkata as he does for the West Indies because he's been made to feel so welcome. And this is where it's going to become an interesting debate, mate. Because I, I look at Cam Green probably the best-performed Australians here have been Nathan Ellis. He's been unbelievable with the ball. But, but Cam Green, this kid from Perth, mate, who's getting paid – what's he getting paid? $3.5 million for his eight weeks. But he is opening the bowling for Mumbai, the five-time champions, probably one of the two biggest franchises there is, the most covered in the media. He's opening the bowling and he's either batting number three or opening the batting. And you can see him grow with every game. And Mumbai looks at him as a 10-year franchise player and they will do everything they can to look after him, like everything they can to look after him. So he, he will come to the point where he has to decide, where do my loyalties lie here? And it's not, people think it's all about the dollar, that's the thing, the dollar's important, but you are made to feel, they are made to feel such a part of the team they are involved in, the group they're involved in. I'm sure it's not the same as playing a test match for Australia, but by g, there's going to have to be some decisions made by by the next generation of cricketer about where their loyalties lie.
1: So the way that the contracting system is worked with, for your listeners out there in Australia, that the, the top paid is the captain. Uh, so Paddy Cummins is the top paid. I think he's 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 tipping over two million a year from Cricket Australia. Yep. You look at Cam Green and those numbers you just mentioned. So say he goes then and gets offered to play for Mumbai or whoever their franchise is, in two other T20 to fit into the calendar, two others. So he plays three windows with Mumbai. He's looking at six to seven million in his pocket. I mean, comparatively, with all due respect to Cricket Australia, we we want these guys in the baggy green as much as possible. There is going to be some serious shifting doing on the international match calendar in the next few years to to work out how this is all going to land for, for people like Cam Green.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how, how it does land because... How do you and that number is only getting to get bigger? They say in another year and a half there's going to be a super auction where prices could double for players. So so he might be getting six million dollars. So so the the pressure, like Matt Short has come over here um, from the big bash league MVP, and, and he basically gets one season, five six innings to make a go of it. And if he makes a go of it, next time he's got a yeah. two million deal, two yeah. million bucks. If he doesn't make a go of it, he'll never be picked again. So it is that cutthroat. The players, talking to Joe Root the other night, he hadn't played a game at that stage. He's been picked once. He got picked the other night and uh, he didn't get a bat because the top order made runs. That's how good these teams are. Joe Root is in a squad not getting a game. And then if they were to make the finals, Rajasthan, I don't want to misquote him, but he basically said, I'll get home. I get a day's practice and then the first test versus Ireland starts. that That's the life of the modern cricketer. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the Cam Greens of the world do, um, but it's good they got options and they deserve every cent because the pressure that he is under walking out there in Mumbai as a kid, opening the batting and batting three, and he's standing up to it. Like His level of cricket is going through the roof. The, the other thing right. that... Has been explained to me, mate, about the standard of cricket, which is like nothing I've ever seen before in T Twenty cricket. Is you know the age old argument would would uh, would Man City or would Man U in their heyday would they beat England? Would club beat country? Yeah. It, it's so specific here, especially they have an impact player that comes in and out of the game. You're you might be like you might be like a pitcher that comes out of the pen you, you you might be there to bowl two overs in the match or you might be there to come in on the last six balls and try and finish the game that's your whole job so the IPL teams are so specific everybody has a role so you've got your dashing openers you've got a man that can steady it you've got a man that can lift the run rate at the end you've got a man Andre Russell in case you need 20 off the last over everyone has such a specific role Whereas if you pick the Indian team or the Australian team, you pick the best T20 quickly as you have. Yeah. So you've got to pick Donny, you've got to pick Virat, you've got to pick Rohit. You're picking the best individuals, but maybe not the best team because it's such a technically tactically driven game that possibly your best franchise that's got the best mix would beat your national team who have got the best players. So it's they don't just come out and whack the ball. Like every single
1: ball is analysed to the nth degree. Just back to Joe Root quickly. How is Joseph um, yep. about the Ashes? Did you get any intel there on the slide there, well, Howie? I,
0: you know, I just had a chat with him, and like I, I, I we were talking about Jofra Archer. I saw Jofra Archer in in Jaipur a week ago. He got bashed, mm. he got smacked, went for over fifty from his four overs, but he bowled two bounces, one at one hundred and fifty point five, and one at one hundred fifty two point six. Got into the gloves. addition Kitchen. You picked it, Sammy. That was real quick. That delivery has echoed all the way to the Australian top order for the Ashes, 152.6. There'll be some Australian batsmen looking at that WV going, uh oh, uh oh. That's the quickest bouncer I've ever seen. And my immediate thought, and I said to Joe, wow, if. You know, if he's ready for the ashes and he said, well, he said in the past we've had injuries but now we've got Broad and Anderson up and firing, we've got Joffre coming back, we've got Ollie Robinson, you know, we've got a full bowling attack to pick from. Um, Yeah, he he said he was jumping out of his skin to get involved. But, mate, the the wiki out of Mumbai is a dude by the name of Ishan Kishin. He's back nearly on the 30-metre circle and the ball from Jofra is belting into his gloves. It was thrilling to watch. Thrilling to watch, mate. What's his name? No- what's his name again? Ishan like- Kishin. He's my young bloke's favourite player. He said, Dad, I hope you get to meet Ishan Kishin because I love his work. But they're, they're, they're every game you come to, there's Indian chaps that you're not familiar with that come out from ball one and launch it over the fence. The, the talent here, they should, they should never lose another T20 international India with the level of talent they've got.
1: Let's step outside the... The cricket bubble for a second then, because I know you love experiencing where you are. You, you'd go mental if you were told, oh, you can go to India, but by the way, you just got to stay in your hotel for three weeks. It, it'd do your head yeah. in. So you drop your bags, you go out, mm. you get involved in the culture. What's hit you between the eyes in terms of what India is really about?
0: The disparity between have and have nots. Yeah. As, as probably as much as I've seen in the world, probably equal only with Brazil. I know you've spent time in Brazil. The disparity between those that have and those that don't. But there's more and more people in the middle now that, that get by comfortably, which is a great credit to the way the country's going. Um, the friendliness. Um, I, I, You know, you have a stereotype in your head as well, I'll oh, be careful what you eat in India, you know, you could get crook. Uh, two of the great men on the fang that I've ever met, is Aaron Finch and Matthew Hayden, like elite operators, <laughs> big framed operators. And I asked both of them and they said, eat everything you can get your hands on and you'll be fine. And that's the approach I've taken. So I've eaten a lot of food off the street um, and, and haven't missed a beat. So, but, but I, yeah, the disparity is, is something that's eye-opening. The number of people, it's such an obvious thing, but the number of people just simply everywhere... I wasn't expecting that and I think my favourite thing has been the love of cricket, mate. Like you hear, again, we go back to Brazil, that Brazil is obsessed with football, India is obsessed with cricket. So every laneway, every park, every available space, is a game of cricket, you know. I put up on one of those Insta videos. I it's probably my favourite moment of the trip, facing some local blokes in the nets um, who destroyed me, Guru, with their spin. To be fair to say, I wasn't the first Aussie that's come over here and was torn apart. But I, I
1: did you see did that? See it wasn't that. good, was it? Yeah. Gee whiz! He yeah, got got beat for flight and turn and everything. So anyway,
0: uh, and the local boys gave it to me as well. So the other night. This, this is cricket in this country, and that, that's why, as a cricket fan, I think that's what gripped me the most. It was in. Armed about. We're staying at a beautiful hotel, the Leela Hotel, and I try and walk everywhere I can because that's obviously the best way yeah. you can see the city. And as I was walking back to the hotel on this rough old patch of ground outside the hotel, there was blokes sitting up a game of cricket. And I thought, oh, I might get a hit here, so come and say good day and have a chat and what are you doing here? So these these blokes were all from the hotel, hotel workers. They finished work at 6 o'clock at night. So I, I, um, I was bowling first to the head chef from the hotel. So at ten past six, they start the game. I'm steaming into the head chef and then I'm batting and I'm ch- 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 chatting to the bloke that's behind me. I say, oh, what do you do? He said, I'm the chief financial officer of the hotel. <laughs> so, and I, I said to this bloke, I said, how often do you play these games? He said, well, I'll never forget this, mate. He said, oh, unfortunately, we can't play as much as we like. I was like, okay, so how often do you play? He said, well, at the moment, sir, we can only play six nights a week after work. We can't play on the seventh night because we've got family commitments. (laughs) So so they're squeezing in six, like basically backyard cricket. Um, That's the thing that's grabbed me, mate, just the love, the absolute love of cricket, the game that I love. Um, That's the thing that's really hit me between the eyes.
1: And and get, I don't know, you can tell us more, but it's every piece of real estate that you could possibly use for a game of cricket, it's utilised for that very uh, pastime, correct?
0: Well, the other day in Kolkata, someone said you need to go and check out the butchers because it's an eye-opener, so it's a big open-air market and there was the butchers, which was, I'll be honest, a bit confronting, but anyway, so I, I think as I got there the first day, there wasn't much happening because everything it was knocking off and there was like literally um, waste, animal waste being washed down this concrete path into a drain and, and on the concrete path, there were six blokes playing cricket. Like the butchers are done for the day and they and there's like, there's carcasses hanging up around the place. Old mate's whipping his cover drive <laughs> th- through through the goat heads. There's another bloke whipping through mid-wicket, through the carcasses of, of whatever, maybe the goats. It It is everywhere, everywhere. And like the paper, the paper is half of it is cricket. Oh. And we talked about the, the broadcast. So I'm just doing the, um, the world feed. But some of the other operators, like old mate Finchie, he's putting invoices to that many different operators. <laughs> I've lost track. but he's, he's, he's flying around a lot for it. So at an IPL game, I, I spoke to you about the, the 13 the languages. And so when Finchie works for Star, the local broadcaster, so T20 cricket's in theory a pretty quick game. Hmm. He does a two-and-a-half-hour preview and a one-hour wrap of every game they work on. So he might go back to the studio from Mumbai. They do two and a half hours before they throw to us. Alongside that, Harsha works for a mob called Crick Buzz, it's an online mm. platform. Yep. Harsha does a half an hour pregame on on a website. He does ten minutes in the mid innings and he does half an hour at the end. They do the same on Crick Info, another cricket website. So the, the it's saturation. You can watch it on telly. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch previews online. It's the, 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 the depth of information. I thought, mate, gee, it's a pretty good feather in the cap to get asked to be commentating on the IPL. If you are a cricket commentator and you are not in India for the IPL, you're not much chopped because there's that <laughs> much product to be filled. <laughs> it's out of control, mate. So I thought, oh, this is unbelievable.
1: But to be fair... There's a lot of spots to be filled. There's a lot of spots um, to be filled. Well, if you could, if you could drop my details there, I have done the odd Marsh Cup for Fox <laughs> Cricket in the day, so let us let us know how Mate, you go. There'll but-
0: be a spot for you. There'll be a spot for you. you. Might fire up on a little internet blog at the start, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you'll That's be fine. the man.
1: But flip it around though, and you you see these big sports um, who have saturation coverage, and you know, footy in Melbourne. Like, you know, Nick Dacos probably couldn't walk down the street these days without being recognised and stopped by 400 Collingwood fans. Same up here in Sydney with, say, Latrell Mitchell in in footy or, you know, if Andrew Redmayne gets around the joint, it's, hey, grey wiggle, how you going, bro? Mm. What about for these cricketers? And not so much walking around in day-to-day public, because you've explained that, but the scrutiny about their performance, does it seep into their psyche?
0: Oh, it's a a great question. I I think the performance is... Everywhere. So it's a a really good question, mate. Um, And I think when you're a long way from home, I think a lot of these guys need to be really careful with their mental health to be serious for a moment. So the other night at a Mumbai game, as I said, you and I chat with the Aussies, and I was chatting with big Timmy David, um, the big boy out of Singapore and the Hurricanes, and three nights prior he'd hit three sixes in the final over to win the match. And it's not that it's on the back page. It is everywhere every airport for the next day you're into the next game starts when you're in the gym when you wake up in the morning every newspaper is focused on that is everywhere and I said to him wow he said mate you can't escape it he said like you go to the gym and straight away there's the highlights but he said it's fantastic reinforcement when you've done well but he said equally if you've been knocked over first ball, you can't escape it because you go to the gym for some peace, you turn on the telly, it is there in your face. Your failure is being rammed down your throat. They're my words, not his. So I think what a lot of people don't realise, and the cricketers will never say it because they don't want to be seen as ungracious because they're invited to this amazing tournament, they're getting paid extraordinary money, um, so, so they will never really honestly speak the truth publicly, but I think privately, I think all of them go through periods when you can't leave your hotel because you're mobbed. You're at a ground and you might fail. You might fail a couple of times. Then all of a sudden you're sitting on the bench. You're not playing. You're still getting paid, but you're away from your friends. You're away from your family. And I think especially during the COVID bubble, I think it'd be fair to say a lot of them had periods where they found it really difficult. And that's for the international players. The Indian players, I, I can't I can't conceive it. A bloke was holding up a, crowd, a sign in the crowd the other day, Virat, please make some runs. I sold my laptop to buy tickets to the game. That was his sign. So he'd sold his iMac so he could... like People just want to watch Virat Kohli bat once in their life. That, that's how big it is. If you've seen Virat bat live... That'll make you happy. So, mate, yeah. I can't... I, like, what would the pressure be like on him going to the ground every night thinking, like, what it was like of Tendulkar? I don't know. Like, mm. imagine having literally the pressure of the whole nation on your shoulders. Um, you must have to be a strong mental character to be able to deal with that.
1: And you, you look at the, the... When the Indian team tours here... It, and you you get up close and you you maybe have a chat to a f- few of them and I've got to know Barrett Sundarajan who's a great guy He's, he bases himself here mm. in in Adelaide these days he umpires cricket he 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 writes beautifully about cricket he does but th- then you see them and and he can tell you about their culture and what they're like and you see them interacting they must actually l- really enjoy touring a place like Australia where they can actually be as close to normal people as they ever can anywhere in the world
0: yeah I think that that's Absolutely, what they say, and I think that's why at the end of careers, you know, I don't know where Virat Kohli goes at the end of his career, but he he has a a young daughter, um, but but he's married to a Bollywood star, so that they are the two great passions here, Bollywood and cricket. Um, you know, a lot of the teams are owned by people involved in Bollywood or represented by the rock stars of Bollywood so him and his wife people would have to look how many followers but we're talking hundreds of millions of combined followers you know, you know Harsha th- these are rock stars Harsha's got maybe like 10 million followers on Twitter alone like you go into the ground with Harsha and it's it's everyone just wants that one photo with Harsha let alone Virat Kohli so I don't know what he does moving forward when his when his beautiful little girl goes to school, et cetera, Whether he needs to spend some time out of the country, I don't know. I'm sure he wouldn't want to, but just the pressure of being Virat Kohli must be
1: all-consuming. It was. It reminds me of a funny, interesting story about Virat Kohli on that topic. I think he went on his might have been his honeymoon or just a holiday with his partner, and they went to Iceland. And even then he couldn't, he couldn't escape. He, even then he was tracked by those who love him. Yeah. Incredible. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's just another whole level of adulation that I don't think. Apparently, MS Dhoni, he's from a small place called Ranchy and he's always stayed there and he, he lives in a compound with security, no doubt, but apparently in his tiny little town he, he can operate and move around because, because people have grown up knowing him but but that's about it. Here, apart from that, he's you know he like I said, I asked some guys can can early days. I said so. Can Dony go out for dinner? And they said, oh well, he sort of owns a restaurant chain. That's probably the only restaurants you can go to because they shut the whole thing down. So unless you <laughs> own your own restaurant, Guru, <laughs> you probably you're probably doing the um, the chicken curry and naan bread. Which by the way, I've eaten my weight of naan bread while I've been here. If that's not the best thing on the planet naan bread and peanut butter for those that want to experience a true delicacy. I bought my maver's peanut butter from home. I take it down to breakfast. All that Everyone wants to know what it is. The waiters want to taste it. You slap it on your butter naan, Guru. That is joy right there.
1: Yeah, well, you can with your metabolism at your age, and it hasn't kicked in. It hasn't slowed up, unlike the rest of us, Howie. You're still going fine in that regard. Hey, what, um. Nearly at the end here, but I got yep. one on Bollywood. It, like we don't know, obviously we're not across the Bollywood scene too much. It, it it has infiltrated Western cinema a little bit over the last 20 years, but not very much. Did, have you ever bumped into a Bollywood superstar who you didn't really know was their version of Russell Crowe or, well, or the, someone the, like Nicole it, Kidman? It,
0: it's a bloody good question. Like sharuk Khan seems to be the main bloke. He's been connected to to KKR. Um, for, for a long time and that's another challenging commentary because, again, you're privileged enough to be commentating on some other nation's tournament. So if if Harsha is doing a big bash game at the SCG and Tony Locker pops up, Harsha's got no idea who he is. <laughs> so when they cut to the crowd and they show old mate from Bollywood and the crowd starts roaring... You're like, oh, who's that? But you can't say who's that. Um, so you just have to be silent and wait for your fellow commentators that that know the area to go. You know, that's such and such. They've been in this film, that film. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your lack of knowledge about in certain areas. Yeah. In 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 Indian life, like, but I I yesterday I went out on the street and um, I saw this bloke outside my window and he was giving people a shave with the with the mm. uh, Cutthroat razor. I thought, right, oh, I'm going to get a shave before the game. Um, so I got a shave with this chap, and, and he only spoke Hindi. I don't speak Hindi. That's my problem. I'm in his country. And while he's shaving me, we, we had a 20-minute conversation about cricket. Me in English, him in Hindi. I don't think either of us completely understood what we were talking about, but that's the love of the game. And we were getting on like a house on fire, and then when he finished the shave guru, he's got this little box of lotions and potions, and he pulls out the aftershave. I'm thinking, oh, this is gonna be interesting. What well, what's he got in his little box of tricks here? He put on like he's just like shaved your face with a razor. Slaps it up on his hands, starts dabbing on my face. Well, I've had some hot curry here. <laughs> fair dinkum, my hair nearly <laughs> fell out. I think he just got some petrol and put it straight on my freshly shaved face. Um, but we talked cricket for 20 minutes and we loved it. But fair dinkum. it was not, it wasn't your Ronaldo or Beckham 23. It was a real pungent style
1: of aroma that I was floating around with the rest of the day. How good is... Brute Vindaloo, fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. But I, I think, as you say, mate, we're coming to the end. Um, I hope I've encapsulated how big it is and how wonderful an experience it's been. Um, without uh, my boss, Steve Crawley, who said you can come, and Gary Perchett and the people here that made it possible, and just everybody that I've worked with that has made – What could have been something really difficult, as simple as they could make it for me, is something that will stay with me for a long time. So, um, And and all the messages from love from India, um, I've tried to reply to everybody um, just to say thank you for welcoming me into your fantastic country. Um, It's been the best cricket experience of my life. Um probably not getting knocked over by those leggies in Kolkata time and time again. <laughs> Flatten me a bit, but but the rest of it's been brilliant, mate, and I've really enjoyed chatting with you about it. Um, and I hope people have gained an understanding of the size of this product and if you ever get the opportunity to come over here, come. I, I'd go to Eden Gardens. That that's the ground I'd go to. Um, the, ga- the ground in Ahmedabad, mate, it seats 132,000. That's where the final will be and that's where the World Cup 50 over World Finals is going to be. If India make that World Cup final and there's 130,000 there, if, if you're a cricket fan and you can get a ticket to that, it, it's going to blow your socks off more than old mate's aftershave did, I reckon.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, Howie. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me along and, and mm. letting me ask you some questions. I've learnt a stack about Indian culture and Indian cricket culture. As well, but uh, this is mainly the Howie game, so I'll let you wrap it up and uh, push ahead for the next episode.
0: Well, there's plenty more episodes coming your way on the Howie games. Tommy's got people coming up left, right, and centre. We've got Eddie Betts not too far away. Meg Lanning is coming up as well, and a couple of big artist series guests. But, my friend, um, congratulations with Willow Talk. Keep pushing along with it. People are loving it. Um, and, again, if you manage to get MS Dhoni on Willow Talk before I can get him on the Howie Games, you also, you and Tommy, will be in clover for the rest of your life. Hey, mate, thanks for coming on um, and and letting me explain what the IPL is about, mate, and it's um it's good to get a nice taste of home. Um, home via Singapore tonight Then uh, I think, the MCG Friday for Richmond versus Geelong I think is the game. So someone will kick a goal and it'll be the Carter-Cola goal of the night (laughs) and then, uh, uh, I don't know, Tommy Hawkins will be the Toyota EV impact player of the night and away we go, mate. Should be fun.
1: And Rinko Singh's going to have 23 hardball gets. Howie? Correct. Safe travels, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I reckon it's about time to wrap it up then. Thank you, Guru. If you've enjoyed the IPL chat, uh, the King of Indian Cricket, Harsha Bogle, episode 167, obviously uh, a well-listened-to episode, especially in this part of the world. And the King of the Selfie, the Colac Flyer, Aaron Finch, talks about IPL in episode 50. Willow Talk, Guru, how do we get into that?
1: Every week we'll drop an episode and we'll ramp it up when it gets to the Ashes as well. So myself and Hads and some special guests every week from... Everything from the world of cricket. Who wins the Ashes? Oh, we do. 3-1. Do we? Yeah. 3-1. Yeah.
0: They're
1: going to prepare pitches that are going to be like Australian pitches. They're off their heads. Mm. We're going to win 3-1. We'll see. Hope you enjoyed the show.
0: See you soon on the Howie Games. Peace and love.
1: And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try